Welcome, everyone, to the Punisher podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. Ready to talk about Punisher Season 2. Matt, it's almost here. It's like Netflix is almost like dropping it right on top of us with barely any warning. Yeah, we can't help but preview Season 2 with the knowledge that because of the the greater corporate goings-on, um, this is almost certainly the last season of Punisher on Netflix. Uh, we don't know what the contractual situation is since it's not a kind of Defenders show, although I assume the same rules apply in terms of Marvel gets the rights back, but there's a couple of years where it can't be made at all, that kind of thing. Uh, certainly we could be proven wrong on that, but Pete, let's focus on the positive here. Let's start by just taking a quick look back to season one. We called it the best single season of Marvel TV. It reminded us the debt that we owe to our veterans. It was a season that was about corruption in government, a dialogue about liberty versus safety, and so much more. I had no idea it would be as complex as it was. And, you know, definitely on the most mature side we've ever had anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, be it TV or film, uh, you know, who can forget, Matt, we got our first ever F word in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from Punisher. I think also worth mentioning, since we have last spoken Punisher, we had... Uh... John Bernthal using that exact same word to some people who take the Punisher as a symbol of do whatever you want and shoot whoever you want and get off my back, man, as opposed to, you know, reasonably using the rights that you have to protect yourself versus, you know, F the system. Right. And I think there's going to be a lot of discussion in season two, given one of the characters and how he identifies with his worldview. That certainly is the case, and I think part of what was so amazing about the first season was that it went to all of these places while still being an accessible action-adventure show, albeit on a darker end. Uh, I look forward greatly to them kind of using using the, the, the fanciful Punisher world, the MCU, and, and all of that to tackle some of these larger issues. I think that the complaint that we've had for... A certain chunk of Marvel TV has been, at the end of the day, it's, you know, good guys with lasers fighting bad guys with lasers or things like that. They don't really take it too metaphorical or too reflective of the current world. And it seems like Punisher Season 2 is just doubling down on, indeed, talking about the real world even more. Absolutely. And what I've seen, Matt, has been really, really good. Maybe better. Maybe. Well... High praise indeed. I know that, uh, I guess also something necessarily that needs to be covered is this is coming out with a lot less fanfare than the first season, a lot less fanfare than normally Marvel Netflix stuff has done. Clearly the, the penny has dropped at this point in terms of these shows not being brought back. Um, it's, it's a fait accompli that this and Jessica Jones are not going to be renewed. And, you know, with a little less of that sizzle there, what does that do to viewership? I think Netflix kind of just says, you know, 
Netflix probably isn't that concerned one way or the other because they're in the process of getting out of all of this. But in the interim, here we are, the loyal fandom, ready for a really exciting, thoughtful, emotional ride. And I'm going to get up on my soapbox here, Matt, because there's been a lot of people who have said, oh, you know, I, I can't get hyped up for this because I know uh, Netflix is going to cancel it. And is it likely, if not probable? Absolutely. But if you like this take on The Punisher, and as far as has ever been done in a live action forum, this is The Punisher. OK, forget those awful movies all right um you're gonna turn out for this and particularly as different as that first season of the show was from all the other offerings so far i think you have a different audience for this show um than any of the others that we've had at this point of the 11 so i get it if you're hurt that this show is likely going to go away but don't not watch the second season because of that because i gotta tell you you're missing out i think too of all the marvel netflix shows that you know if we need to wait this two to three year period whatever it says in the secret contract that that you know and kind of disney can't turn around and make a new one for hulu disney plus you know whatever um this has the smallest cast that I care about. I mean, do all due respect to the supporting players of season one, which were all phenomenal. But if you told me, like, hey, 24 months from now, you know, Burnthal's coming back, but uh, Amber Rose Riva has moved on to, uh, you know, greener pastures and so on and so forth, it'd be like, all right, well, that stinks because she's really great and she's a compelling force on screen. But it's not like... Oh man, how are we going to do Daredevil now that uh, Eldon Henson has moved on to something else and that's he's doing that show for HBO and he's not getting out of it and oh so we'll just write Foggy out like all you if you watch this show this is more likely than any other show to be brought back after the time of famine and when things could show up on the Disney side again if you want John Bernthal as the Punisher in the, a, a show of this um, of this tone and this temperament, this is the best chance to make it happen versus the other ones where there's way too many factors and it, and it probably won't happen. Yeah, and I think that's an astute observation. Um, but this character has a has a core and has an appreciation um, that, like I said, is is so very different from all of the others in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm really hopeful that, uh, you know, they won't have their viewership affected by this, as you mentioned before, you know, done deal when we talk about uh, the cancellation. I think, too, this is a show that, in a certain respect, is more grounded in reality than most Marvel TV shows because it's, you know, it's a guy who shoots really well and then is driven by testosterone and anger and training and military thinking and things like that. So there's kind of, there, in a weird way, there's almost a certain relatability, even though I'm not a gun guy and you're not a gun guy. It's like Frank Castle is a guy who's taken what he knows and is using it to the 110th percentile 
because he must. And that's a little bit more relatable than what if I had radar eyes, but I was blind. And no disrespect at all to Daredevil, wonderful season three. But just there's something there that's a little bit more like, you know, but for the grace of God, that could be me. You know, I didn't I didn't go to the merry-go-round that night. Frank Castle did, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this trailer for season two, Matt, that comes out eight days before season two does. Well, I'll say this, Pete. I don't venture onto Reddit very often, but Reddit had some compelling arguments to be made that this is when the trailer would come out and this is when the show would come out and whatnot. You know, it is what it is, but in terms of the, the, the short lead in time, who knows, maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. But bottom line is this, certainly an exciting trailer. Pete, I watched it through, through you know, looking through my fingers so I wasn't spoiled, especially too close <laughs> to things. You know, you want to show me Avengers Endgame six months out. All right, I'll watch that puppy a couple times through. You want to show me scenes from The Punisher that's going to happen in eight days or less. I, I got to watch carefully, but it seems like all the pieces are there. I think people are really going to appreciate Georgia Wiggum, um, most notably seen before this in uh, 13 Reasons Why and the other uh, Netflix show there. Um, you know, the the breakout, I feel, of the trailer and her character, Amy, um, you know, giving Frank a counterpoint here, uh, not micro at least up front in the uh the trailer um giving him somebody to kind of have this simpatico with uh the the bond over a lost family i think is a really exciting development there's so much to the character of the punisher you know it's obviously about loss and this and that the other but along the way you know it's not it's not the Fantastic Four and the Baxter building and the Fantastic Car and we need to work all of that in there. There's more of a clean slate here where I almost wonder if it frees up the show in terms of we can have him interact with new characters whose lives mirror his or contrast his, things of that sort. Uh, I must confess I don't know to what degree she or anything from the second season is informed by the comics. Um, but I feel like there's more latitude there where it's not like, well, at the end of the day, there needs to be four people in the Fantastic Four. You know, with this, it's Frank Castle on a terrible mission, making difficult choices. And that that's a much broader canvas to put these stories upon. Yeah. And the other bit that stands out that's new for the second season is the character of John Pilgrim here, played by Josh Stewart and linking him with Ben Barnes uh, soon to be jigsaw yet not going to be called jigsaw. Um, you know, you've, you've got that real sense of duality. Well, you mentioned Ben Barnes. I am so happy that he's back. Yeah. I think in my mind, there was some question about that certainly during the first season because he had done Westworld who knew, you know, when he had done Westworld, Obviously, that had a lot of buzz, or also there were some production problems. They shut down, blah, 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 blah. So I'm sure kind of career-wise, he didn't know what that would turn out to be. He goes from Westworld, gets the Punisher. He's working on the Punisher as Westworld comes out. That takes off. And um, 
you know, were then watching The Punisher after season one of Westworld has been out. And I feel like there were story arguments to be made pro and con where you could get more Ben Barnes uh, towards the end of the first season, more of an indication that maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you hear he's back in Westworld season two. So it's kind of this back and forth, back and forth. And to know that he's so great in both and here he's here he's back and you don't know for how much, particularly with how Netflix does, you know, you can be credited in the credits, but that's not necessarily indicative of you being credited in every episode. Well, look um, at what we just finished up with Runaways with yeah. the actor who plays uh, Jonah, Julian McMahon. I mean, his name is in a number of episodes he doesn't appear in. Um, and when you talk about Ben Barnes, you know, here in a in a second season, um, this is a guy between Westworld, between Punisher. I mean, we're going to see him hold down his own TV show uh, eventually. It's just a matter of time and that Billy Russo is back and that he's going through this exploration of what the Punisher did to him. And this grudge now just so perfectly fits the tone of this show. It really does. And uh, I mean, not to not to overly bring in the real world into the the MCU and into the, the Punisher here, but it's kind of like second season is set up to have even more anger and even more confusion as to why the world is the way it is and why it's not easier for people like people like uh, Billy Russo and things of that sort. Um, I'm sure there's a certain point where Steve uh, showrunner Steve Lightfoot kind of pumps the brakes and says, all right, we're not doing a literal retelling of stuff in, in, in the news. But I feel like there's... Again, there's almost more story space for the second season where you don't need to kind of not introduce the character because, of course, he had been introduced in Daredevil, but kind of introduce the concept of uh, of the Punisher, the TV show, and all that comes with it. You have the space to kind of hit the ground running and to dig a little bit, a uh, little bit deeper. I had forgotten how great the Punisher was as a show. Went back and rewatched a bunch uh prior to getting my hands on season two and yeah it has really held up even a year later i know pete that there's uh uh, added to the cast there's corbin bernson there's annette o'toole last i read and again pete you know I'm, i'm trying to avoid spoilers here but um last i read there's not a lot of official confirmed news as to their roles, their intersection. I know they were not featured in the uh, in the uh, the the trailer there. So speculation with those two certainly well experienced actors. Yeah, and just more sauce there for the goose and this world that uh, the Punisher has had created by Lightfoot. And you certainly, I mean, with, again, with any of these. Um, particularly new names who knows how much they'll be in it i feel like um annabella siora who certainly did a great job in the kind of crossover marvel netflix shows that she was in but i think ultimately it kind of was like she's fantastic in the role don't get me wrong but it was like her name her reputation was a little bit bigger than the impact that the character had so we'll see with any of this stuff pete the days are counting down we'll see yeah, her character of Rosalie Carbone, uh, both between Daredevil and showing up um, late in the 
final season of Luke Cage. Um, somebody that's linked to Castle in the comics. Um, so not spoiling, not saying she's going to show up, but a lot of people pointed to that as, as being a possible landing point. But before that, Matt, you know, Frank's got a lot of business with Billy yet. He does. And I think one of the most surprising things about the first season was that the show had the opportunity to kill him off kind of as this pre jigsaw person, you know, but instead to, to, you know, mess up his face and really set something up for season two. Moneymaker, man. Messed up the moneymaker. Yes. So, I mean, clearly, part of the wonderful screen presence that Ben Barnes has is the actor gives his characters a sense of arrogance. I'm sure Ben Barnes is a lovely man, a humble man. But you think of James Delos, you think of Billy Russo, and it's that you-know-what-eating grin, that guy that already beat you, beat you at the game before he started to play, maybe because he's smarter, maybe because he's cheating. And to have all that taken away, not just the prestige and the money, but also that moneymaker, that face, the butte, as he's known in the comics. Um, it's, this is the perfect actor for the job. And you wonder how, how deeply uh, emotionally scarred he's going to be. And we get to all see it in the second season. And speaking of scarred, let's not sleep on uh, Amber Rose Riva and Agent Dina Madani, as Castle might say. <laughs> she was so fantastic in the first season. She's somebody who has a solid career thus far. And she's in her early 30s, solid career of, uh, of acting credits. But I think this was probably the biggest uh, – profile thing she had she was in house of saddam on hbo 10 years ago but this is probably the biggest thing that she's done certainly in this country and played it so ably so down the middle like this this wasn't you know the minority character this was somebody who they chose this actress they chose this character but it kind of could have been any agent character which i really appreciated and she is certainly somebody who can go toe to toe with the punisher the physicality was great. The embracing of the sexuality, the way that they played that show in the first season. I think the second season really, really primed to pop. Pete, when will we be podcasting this show? I know that we're doing Star Trek Discovery. I know that we're doing God Friended Me. That's got to limit the amount of Punisher that we can podcast, right? Nah, not at all. We will be bringing you episodes of The Punisher every Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. So three times a week, beginning with Friday, January 18th. We will bring you the season two premiere later that day. The clouds opening up, God friended me taking a little pause. So like the most positive show where you know what people don't really fight and they get along and they help each other that show going on pause just long enough we did the math to crank out these episodes three times a week until the conclusion of the season so some luck there from heaven to to frank castle's hell and uh, i can't wait pete have to mention that this is of course made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek as we have the bleeps and the bloops and the bandwidth and the storage yeah, uh, certainly are armorers when it comes to the podcast game. 
everybody who contributes gets exclusive podcast content. So your contributions help us so much with all that we do to be able to bring it to you. Pete, how can people be in touch with you as they get ready for Punisher Season 2? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,279 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, here we are. The next time we talk Punisher will be next Friday in in just these six or seven days or less if you're listening to it uh, later than that. But it's right around the corner. So excited for Punisher season two. With that, I will say adios, hombres to all our listeners and give you the final word. Yeah, not suspicious at all. <laughs>